We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Blue Wire. New England sending QB Jimmy Garoppolo to 49ers. We believe we found the right guy. Garoppolo, quick pass, caught by Kittle. He dives, and he's in. Touchdown, 49ers. Kittle is going to go. Touchdown. What's going on, folks? Welcome back to Striking Gold, your 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Network. My name's Rob Lauder. I cover the 49ers for Blue Wire. And unfortunately... I am without the other half of my heart tonight. As you would know him, former NFL defensive back Eric Crocker is currently, he's either driving, currently still trying to drive across the country, or now he's in California. If you didn't know, he lives in Arkansas. He used to live in California, Stockton native. Um, he made the, made the trip across country to come back to California um, for about a week or so, I believe. And it would have been sweet to have him in the room. Could have recorded a face-to-face podcast, like, you know, on the radio or something. But he has stuff to do. And, you know, God bless his heart. He tried to drive across the country during one of the most brutal winter storms I've ever seen talked about as far as the Midwest goes. You've got, like, this huge chunk of Texas that doesn't even have power. People are just trying to, like, stay warm in their houses with no running water and no power and, like, like, because the temperatures are so low, I mean, it's been unreal to see. I've, I've, I'm follow a few people that are just talking about the fact that now they're just trying to make sure they have water to drink because so, so many of the pipes are frozen. They're trying to make sure they have food. They're trying to make sure they have they, they're staying warm. So things are crazy in the Midwest right now. And apparently, Crocker drove right through that. I know at one point he told me that the roads were so snowy that they had to just pull over and get a hotel 
uh, because the roads were too hard to drive on. So, uh, but as far as I know, he made it across. Okay. Um, but he can't be here tonight. He's got the entire family with him. And, you know, as, as any of you family men out there know, it's, it's probably just hard to just get time to sit down and record a pod, especially when you uh, are traveling across the country. So I am without my right hand man today. So if, if you're here for croc, which shit, I'm here for croc, (laughs) but if you're here for croc, then stick around, talk football with me or listen football with me, whatever you say on, on a podcast. Because uh, obviously nobody's talking back. It'd be cool if you could, but that's a whole nother story. So we're right here, smack dab during you know the NFL offseason, the most boring part of the offseason. Uh, and, and frankly, for a lot of you, probably the most frustrating. Because all you're hearing about is random rumors, could do this, 49ers could do this, could do that. It's it, it's to a point where it's it's almost exhausting. Just There's so many hypotheticals and, and stuff like that. But that's kind of the way it is. That's what you have to wade through during this time of year because there's just nothing going on. There's nothing going on. The league year hasn't started, which isn't until mid-March. Free agency hasn't started right around the same time. Uh, you know, the NFL draft is still almost, I mean, I mean, it is two months away, still over two months away. So we're just right in the middle of that time. So what I thought about doing today, since I was jumping around by myself, is just kind of talking about some of the things I've seen being talked about right now on, on in 49ers land, whether it's through, whether it's on 49ers uh, media websites or on Twitter, there's just, I just kind of went through and saw, uh, you know, I'm just talking about talking to Crocker about making this like an episode called like the pulse or the pulse of the franchise or whatever fancy name I could think up that just, we just talk about what everybody else is talking about and, and, and kind of get into, get a feel for what other people are thinking. And it's almost like a mailbag without the mailbag. Like, all right, what's, what, what's the word out there in, in NFL or, or 49ers land. So I kind of went through and just got a, got an idea of where, what everybody's heads at, what's the topics going on. And of course, right now you all, you all know where it's at because you're, you're constantly seeing it on a daily basis on social media. But right now, the talk is still quarterbacks. And I'm not sure it needs to be anymore at this point. I mean, obviously, and, and I can say this all I want, but I mean, I'm the one that has to hop up, hop on here and record a podcast. I need things to talk about just as much as anybody. But I just think we're at a point where there's not a whole lot of new things left to discover when it comes to quarterbacks, not to mention the fact that how kind of volatile it is and how turbulent it is. You know, everybody's planted their flag on their quarterback opinion hill, and they're willing to defend it to the death type of thing. So it's kind of funny. But, the the, the you know, to, to talk our way through this, and again, I don't really want to talk about it because I feel like there's so little to be really cut into at this point. Everything's so razor thin. There's just not a lot of substance to any of the quarterback stuff right now. But the one thing I just feel like, it's the best way to say this. The one thing I feel like we can kind of push aside is the option of Carson Wentz. Okay, and I know that there's that he's, you know, that that the NFL media has made sure to let everybody know that he is going to be traded. He's supposed to be traded. The Philadelphia Eagles have received offers. You know, they say that, but where are the offers? And 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 why hasn't a deal been made? And and I did see quite a few reports right when right when the 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 rumors first started to come out about Eagles wanting to trade Carson Wentz, I keep saying Wentz, Wentz, is that 
I can't remember who it was. I want to give him credit. I can't remember. But he basically said that his source told him that the Eagles Eagles had received, we got Carson Rents and Eagles. My English is through the floor today. That the Eagles had not received any interest in Carson Wentz and that their next move was to drum up as much interest as they can because they wanted to move on from Carson Wentz, obviously. And there was no interest and no offers, and so they were going to do their best to drum up as much interest as they could by leaking to sources that they had received a ton of interest. And that's basically artificially creating a market. You know, if maybe if there are some sucker front offices that are in a desperate point for a quarterback, read that there's a ton of interest in Carson Wentz, then they make a phone call. And all all of a sudden, the Eagles are getting phone calls about Carson Wentz. And from a 49ers perspective, I just don't think it makes very much sense. And the thing with me is, is if you're gonna if you're gonna trade for a quarterback that comes with about as much baggage as one could come with in Carson Wentz, there better be some crazy talent that you're that you're going for. And there, and there's just really there, there isn't even that. I mean, if you just start shuffling through the the aspects of of what trading for Carson Wentz would mean for the 49ers. You know, one on a surface level, you're giving up draft capital. Okay, I don't know if a player wouldn't be involved. I don't think so. I want to say it wouldn't be even be that expensive. I don't even know if it would take a first round pick. Obviously, some of the rumors are that the Eagles are seeking what the Lions got for Matt Stafford, and that is not going to happen, or at least I don't think it it would happen. And I, I don't think the 49ers would be willing to give that up. And, and my biggest thing here is, is you're talking about giving up draft capital for, I mean, are you even getting an upgrade? And there are so many different things to consider. Now, if you're talking potential, we've seen Carson Wentz be much better than Jimmy Garoppolo in like 2017, 18, whatever it was. And he, And since then, he's been horrible one of the worst quarterbacks in the league. So are we just clinging to what Carson Wentz was one was one once was? Is that is that what we're doing? You know, and and that to me is there, there's just again, there's just too much. He's not cheap. He's right around I believe if you are if you subtract the bonus that the Eagles owe Carson Wentz this year, he's right around the same price as Jimmy Garoppolo. You'd have to pay draft capital to get him. He hasn't played better than Jimmy Garoppolo. And there's been talk of the fact that he was not even interested in competing for his his starting job. Uh, there's been rumors that he wasn't liked by by guys in the locker room. And then you're talking about giving up draft capital to trade for a player like that that isn't liked by his teammates. And in the process, you're either dropping or trading the quarterback that took the majority of the 49ers locker room was with them on their ride to the Super Bowl. So I'm not saying that Jimmy Garoppolo, like, oh, Super Bowl caliber quarterback, how could you get rid of him? That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that that team, you know, there's a little bit of a locker room dynamic there. And, and are you really going to tweak with that a little bit to substitute in a guy that hasn't played better, that's going to cost a right around the same, if not more, that apparently hasn't gotten along with his teammates, that isn't interested in competing, which seems like that would just be an instant red flag for Kyle Shanahan. So there's just not a lot there for me. There's just I run into too many walls when trying to talk about trading for Carson Wentz. 
there shouldn't be that many red flags when it comes to trading draft capital for a expensive quarterback. It's just, it's too much there. Now, you're rolling the dice. Is there a chance that Carson Wentz goes back to his form in Kyle Shanahan's incredible offense? Sure. But I don't know that the 49ers are in a position to risk that, given the state of the roster and what they're capable of doing right now. And a lot of the same things I just said, not all of them, apply to Sam Darnold, because that's been an option that's talked about too. Now, Sam Darnold, as far as right now, has played worse than what we've seen from Jimmy Garoppolo. You know, and another thing on Carson Wentz too, if injuries regarding Jimmy Garoppolo have frustrated you, which is reasonable, Carson Wentz has struggled with injuries too. So you're not even getting an upgrade in that department. So there's, again, there's way too many things when I talk about Carson Wentz for me to get excited about it. There's just nothing to go after there. In my opinion, of course, of course. Now, Sam Darnold, the only benefit Sam Darnold offers you about, you know, I don't believe you have the teammate stuff. I don't believe you have the competition stuff. Um, he is quite a bit cheaper this year. Like, uh, I think he's under $5 million because he's still on that rookie contract just this year. And then you, I think you have to, uh, you'd either have to tag him and he becomes ridiculously expensive or you'd have to sign him to a new deal or move on. The only really benefits trading for somebody like Sam Darnold at this point, because again, he's played worse than the quarterback that's on, than Jimmy G. He's played worse than the quarterback that's on the roster. But, it, are, it, you know, it, you can sit there and think about it. Is that due to Adam Gase and being on the Jets? Could be. Could be. But the only real benefit to trading for Darnold is that cap relief, and that helps you keep some free agents this year, and maybe you you know, you know move on from Darnold next year, or you realize that he's actually pretty good and he's just been you know wasted by the Jets, and then you move on from there. So there's a little bit more intrigue when it comes to Sam Darnold, just a little bit more. But even still, it, it almost feels like a, a lateral move, and don't forget, you're going to have to trade, you're going to have to give up draft capital to get this quarterback that you're not even sure about. You're not even sure how it's going to work out. So, I mean, I can... I can I can see why they would make the Darnold move a little bit more, given the cap space that it would free up to, you know, make a deal with somebody like Trent Williams, who we'll talk about a little bit later. I can see why they do that, at least if there was some type of Darnold trade, as long as it wasn't ridiculously expensive. I I can at least see some type of plan within that situation. Situation, you know, maybe you trade for Darnold, you roll with him this year, you draft a rookie quarterback. And he, you know, he and then he competes with Darnold this year and next year. You know, there's, there's, a, there's at least there's a path there that I could see making sense with Carson Wentz, a guy who apparently wasn't even interested in doing that. Uh, it's, it's just it's tough to buy. And then the elephant in the room, the big beautiful elephant in the room is Deshaun Watson. And I feel like the 49ers are in a great place for. Just letting this Deshaun Watson situation develop and play out because they have a quarterback in Jimmy Garoppolo that by all by all rumors and reports that they're perfectly content with. Doesn't mean that they don't want to upgrade, but the 49ers can do a lot worse than just rolling with Jimmy Garoppolo into 2021. But what's nice about Jimmy Garoppolo right now is he doesn't have any contract triggers. You know, his... If the 49ers were to cut Jimmy Garoppolo, I believe they'd save about 90-something percent of his contract. They'd be saving about $25 million. A little voice crack there for you. Had a little football practice today. Hey, give me a break. It's going to happen. So 
Jimmy Garoppolo's got a great contract for the 49ers to wait this Deshaun Watson situation out. They can, they can, they can know they have Jimmy Garoppolo, and then they can see how the Deshaun Watson stuff unfolds, and they don't feel like they need to make some ridiculous offer before, let's say, April first, because that's when there's uh, there would be a, a, some type of contract trigger in Jimmy Garoppolo's deal. So they don't have that. So Jimmy Garoppolo's contract has put them in a in a good position to kind of just see how this Deshaun Watson stuff plays out. And speaking of Deshaun Watson, I know we've talked about that on here before. Um, Since we've talked about it, there's been a lot of weird things that have been talked about on social media. Uh, Matt Mayoko of NBC Sports Bay Area. Shout out to Matt. One of the best to do it. He even wrote an article about kind of what me and Crocker had talked about. How if you're talking about trading for Deshaun Watson, arguably a top five quarterback that's still very young in his prime, could guide your franchise seemingly for the next 10 years, maybe longer, you know, but he, I mean, the way he plays, maybe not longer, but we'll just go with 10 years. Even Matt Mayoko kind of echoed what me and Crocker had talked about and saying that there isn't a player on this 49ers roster that is out of reach of a Deshaun Watson trade. And I know that that is hard to hear for a lot of fans. And and I think that it's important that you guys know that n- none of these players that Crocker and I have talked about being possibly dealt in a mock Deshaun Watson trade. And again, this is all hypotheticals. We're just talking. We're just spitballing. Nothing. None of this is reality. We don't have the power to make it reality. So we're just having fun with it. But you got to know that none of the players that we would consider in a Deshaun Watson trade are we yearning to trade. Like Crocker and I, it seemed like, I'm sure this had been talked about before us. It seemed like, but it seemed like Crocker and I talking about Nick Bosa being included in a trade for Deshaun Watson. It seems like after we talked about that publicly on Twitter and not just on the pod, it kind of just snowballed into this. How could the 49ers want to trade Deshaun Watson? He was so good. Like, how could they do this? You know, you guys are dumb for wanting to trade Deshaun Watson. And first and foremost, it was just a hypothetical. We were just talking. And we were kind of just reinforcing the idea that there is no player that's off limits in this trade. And I can guarantee you, if the Texans, who just lost J.J. Watt, who just, J.J. Watt just hit free agency, requested to be released from the Texans, that gives you an idea of how great things are going over there. If the Texans asked for Nick Bosa and a first rounder and a second rounder, or two first rounders and Nick Bosa, the 49ers would not laugh and they would not hang up the phone they would not do any of those things because you can't have a conversation with a team about trading for their unequivocally best player one of the best players in the NFL you can't have a conversation about trading for a guy like that and not and just be completely unwilling to even consider giving up some of your best players typically both teams have to feel like they won in a trade. The 49ers would feel like they won no matter what, unless it got ridiculous because they'd be getting Deshaun Watson. The The Texans, despite the fact that Deshaun Watson seems like he's forcing his way out, and we'll see where that goes, they would need to feel like they won too. And if they're going to give up somebody like Deshaun Watson and cave to his demands and trade him, they're going to feel like they need to get something back. And that's going to come in the form of draft capital and a player. I would be surprised if Deshaun Watson is traded anywhere without a player being included. 
The Texans just know that they're in a position to get that. You you want to you want to talk to us about Deshaun Watson? You better be willing to give up a great player because we are. I don't care if he's forcing his way out. We're still going to get what we know we can get for him, and if not, then you don't get him. Plain and simple. So there's no player on the 49ers roster that's untouchable. There just isn't. And that does not mean that the 49ers or me or Crocker or whoever wants to trade that player. But when it, there's no player that steps on that football field that has really, if we're being real, that has anywhere close to the impact that a quarterback has. And if you have a chance to get to Sean Watson, you got to be willing to pay up. It's, it's, you got to be willing to pay to play. That's all there is to it. You guys, so many of you guys listening to this podcast play fantasy football. How many times have you had great players on your rosters and you just get these bullshit trade offers where somebody's like, here, take these three horrible players for that one really good player? You all know what I'm talking about. That shit doesn't work in the NFL unless you're Bill O'Brien and Brian and he sucks. <laughs> and he's, I don't even, is he even employed anymore? I think he's, I think he went to Alabama or something. Like, obviously, that stuff just doesn't really fly in the NFL. So, if you're going to warm up to the 49ers pursuing Deshaun Watson, a player's going to have to be included, not only for the fact that, you know, that just helps the Texans feel like they're getting what Deshaun Watson's worth, but a lot of the other teams that are going to be that are going to be interested in Deshaun Watson are going to be able to outbid the 49ers in the draft pick department. Say like the Miami Dolphins. They have I think they have two first-round picks this year. They're going to be able to outbid the 49ers. So the 49ers have to be willing to keep up via via player. The 49ers have great players. So that's going to be their way of trying to keep up. So it's interesting. It's just worth talking about. But obviously, you know, you'd be getting somebody like Deshaun Watson that would instantly put the entire NFL on notice. It's it just would. It just would. You got to realize that got to realize that it, it would it would it would be the talk of the NFL for all offseason it's just one of those moves that just completely alters the landscape of the, of the league and we'll see do i think he comes to the 49ers i don't but i mean that's not saying much that's not a bold statement there's only one team that's going to land him we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And I just don't think the 49ers are really going to feel that deep down guttural desperation to land Watson, knowing that they've got a decent, and I said decent, I didn't say good, I didn't say great. They got a decent quarterback in Garoppolo. Now, does that, 
Is that an excuse not to go after somebody like Watson? Absolutely not. But will they be in those negotiations and competing with other teams in those bidding wards? Are they going to be able to scratch and claw their way to the to what it's going to be needed to land somebody like Watson? I don't know. I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think so. But it certainly could happen. It certainly could happen. Striking Gold is sponsored by BetterHelp. Is there something interfering with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals? Is what the 49ers going to do with the third overall pick stressing you out? Or maybe it's something a little more personal. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can start communicating in under 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional counseling done securely online. There's a broad range of expertise available, which may not be locally available in many areas. The service is available for clients worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they can make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. Visit their website and read their testimonials that are posted daily. Visit betterhelp.com slash gold. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P, and join the over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they are recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. Special offer for Striking Gold listeners. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash gold. That's betterhelp.com slash G-O-L-D. Another thing that's going to slowly pick up steam in 49ers land is free agency. And pending free agents and... You know, first, I think before you even talk free agency, just to remind everybody, the 49ers are losing a ton of players this year in free agency. I feel like it's, I should remind everybody who they're losing. Okay. Up at the top, by himself, in terms of value, is Trent Williams, the 49ers starting left tackle from last season. One of, if not the best left tackle in the league. Keep that in mind. Okay, we got Trent Williams. We got cornerback Richard Sherman. Defensive end Solomon Thomas. Safety Jaquiski Tart. Fullback Kyle Juszczyk. Running back Tevin Coleman. Wide receiver Kendrick Bourne. Cornerback Kwan Williams. Pass rusher Ronald Blair. Center Ben Garland. Pass rusher Kerry Hyder. Pass rusher Ezekiel Ansah who we didn't really get to see this anyway. So, I, I you know, um, Tom Compton, right guard, Jarek McKinnon, running back, Jamar Taylor, cornerback, who stepped in pretty admirably for uh, for K1 Williams. Got hurt, though. 
Jordan Reed, tight end, Jason Verrett, cornerback, Akella Witherspoon, corner, Dante Johnson, corner, Deion Jordan, defensive end, Hironis Grasu, center, Jordan Willis, who they traded for, pass rusher, C.J. Beathard, quarterback, Nick Mullins, quarterback. They can't. They held on to Jeff Wilson and Josh Rosen. Good for them. I felt like those were good, pretty obvious moves. Ross Dwelly, tight end. Manuel Mosley, corner. I mean, how many of these guys have I read off that have played serious snaps? Daniel Brunskill, right guard. I mean, they're worse. Trent Taylor, DJ Jones, defensive lineman. Marcel Harris, safety. I mean, I just read through a massive list of players, and about 75% of them played significant snaps for the 49ers this season. That is a tough spot to be in especially when you consider the salary cap isn't going up. It's not expected to drop as much as it once was. I know that the team was preparing for preparing for a $175 million salary cap, and it's supposed to come down to like 180 something, 180, 180, 181, somewhere in there. So they've got a little bit more room than they, than they thought they'd have. But, I mean, that list is massive. And so many of those players that I lifted off that I listed off played really key roles, whether it was this season or during their Super Bowl run. And the 49ers are in a tough spot. But like I said, at the very top of that list is Trent Williams. And that's going to be an interesting situation. To me, re-signing Trent Williams is, is the obvious move for the 49ers. But does that make it easy? Absolutely not. You're talking about a player who's well into his 30s, who is probably about to sign his last big contract. It's going to get different. And Trent Williams, Trent Williams press conference at the end of the year with, with 49ers media was very interesting. He was clearly, and had no problem being honest about it. He clearly wanted to come back to the 49ers. Very, very clearly wanted to come back to the 49ers. But at the same time, he made sure to mention that, a genuine franchise elite left tackle never hits the free agent market because teams just simply don't let those players go. Are the 49ers going to let that player go? I don't, I don't know. I don't think so. Especially considering they traded for him. They gave up a fifth round pick and a third round pick to get him their third round pick this year. That won't be there. Even though they ended up getting one from Rob, the Robert Sala hire. The third round pick they won't have this year was because they traded it for Trent Williams to the Washington football team. So they gave him assets to get him. Now, it just depends on how, how do I say this? I know how, how high the 49ers are willing to go out of the gate on his contract. What I feel like Trent Williams wants to happen is I feel like he genuinely does want to be back with the 49ers. He wants to hit the free agent market. And he wants to see what offers he receives. And he will be in no hurry to accept them. And I feel like that he'll go to the 49ers and say, look, these are the offers I'm getting. I'm not saying that you have to pay me exactly this much, but you have to get close. Trent Williams even was asked by uh, my boy KP over at Niners Nation. He was asked about the give and take between willing to take a discount 
and we'll, because you want to stay with the team while also getting what you're worth. And Trent Williams says, you know, that, that there's a little bit of a give and take that there. There's a negotiation that has to happen there. And it's not that necessarily he's willing to take a discount, but he's willing to do what he can to make sure he can stay with the 49ers. If I'd say there's probably a 75% chance that Trent Williams stays with the 49ers. But you don't know, you never know. And 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 when the 49ers are staring this cap situation in the face, and looking at that massive list of players that are about to walk out the door, maybe things change. I still believe there's a very good chance that Trent Williams is back with the 49ers. The 49ers are going to have to make that contract very appealing to get him to sign it before free agency. If not, he hits free agency and says, hey, this team's willing to give me $20 million a year with 60 guaranteed. Uh, can you guys do anything near that? And the 49ers are going to have to try and make it happen. And maybe the numbers aren't quite that, but at the same time, you know, he's he's a one of, if not the best left tackle in the NFL. He's going to have some big time offers. Maybe they'll be a little bit on the shorter side, high in guarantees because he, you know, he knows it's one of his last big contracts in the NFL, if not his last one. So I could see, you know, maybe a three year deal, most of which is guaranteed as his like, you know, basically his retirement. So the 49ers are going to have to really kind of make that that deal sweet if they want to keep Trent Williams. Okay, so we'll see how that goes. Um, Sherman did a uh, did an interview with Matt Mayoko, Richard Sherman, where he basically kind of confirmed what everybody's already known and kind of what he's confirmed already is that he just doesn't expect to be back with the 49ers this year. And and he was why I've always why I've come to love Richard Sherman is he was just very upfront, forthright, honest, uh, level headed about it. He just said like the salary cap went down. The 49ers have a ton of free agents. It's nobody's fault. If it, you know, this, you're talking about somebody who negotiated his own contract and did pretty well at it. And he bet on himself and it paid off. And he knows, he knows the ebb and flow of the salary cap game. He knows how to look at a team's status as far as pending free agents and how much salary cap space. He knows how to look at all that and determine the odds that he'll be back. And he knows those odds are not good at all. They're almost zero. Just based on the 49ers needs elsewhere, based on the amount of salary cap the 49ers have, based on the amount of free agents that are going to become available or that are going to be leaving the team. So he knows that his chances are basically nil in returning. And he just was very chill about it. He's like, that's nobody's fault. You know, it's disappointing. I wish I could come back. I know the 49ers want to keep me, but it's it's just that one of those things where they don't they don't think they're going to be able to pull it off. And I understand that. And, you know, he said, I'll look back on this time in my career with fond memories, obviously made another Super Bowl run with a different team, uh, you know, in comparison to what he did with the Seahawks. So, you know, that's somebody who who's likely not going to be back, but, you know, seems Seems almost a guarantee, but you never know. You never know. Things change quickly, and you really never know. Um, another thing that Matt Mayoko wrote about um, today was that the 49ers, and this, you got to understand, Matt Mayoko is probably one of the most connected guy when it comes to just, one, what he hears from the 49ers, and being in tune with the way the 49ers think and what they need. One of the other things Matt Mayoko talked about was the 49ers wanting to reinforce the wide receiver position behind Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel. And you could you could clearly see just based on how the season unfolded why they would want to do that. 
because one, Debo Samuels had a little bit of struggles with injuries over his first two years. Um, and so you don't you don't know whoever you sign to be behind them while they may technically be the third option might be able to play. I mean, how many snaps did Kendrick Bourne play this year? I think he played almost like sixty five percent of the snaps on offense. So, and that was mainly because Brandon Ayuk, or mostly Debo Samuel, but Brandon Ayuk um, had had to deal with some injury there for a little bit. Mostly because they had to play some, or they they the missed games between the two of them. Most, like I said, mostly between, mostly uh, from Debo Samuel. Um, he had to get a lot more snaps than he thought he would. So the 49ers, they want to have somebody like a Kendrick Bourne, who's hitting free agency, to be able to step in. Maybe they want to get a little bit better than Kendrick Bourne, but at the same time, they're not going to really have the money to dole out at a position like that. But, you know, they got to get somebody. They got to get a third option that they're okay with starting. Maybe that means they, they look to re-sign Kendrick Bourne. Uh, you know, hashtag Justin for Kendrick Bourne. Or maybe they look at options that they feel are, are on that level that or, or it won't be. It's tough to know what Kendrick Bourne's going to get in the free agent market just because he was pretty productive with the 49ers, despite usually being the third or fourth option. I think that he could he could turn it up just a little bit with another team if he was given a more, you know, prominent role. I feel like he'd do well, but who knows? Who knows what kind of market Kendrick Bourne is going to have? He could come back. He's also said that the 49ers have that he's had discussions with the 49ers about coming back. That might be just a, a test the market and and let us know what you're thinking thing. But Matt Mayoko did say that the 49ers were looking to reinforce um, the wide receiver position. That could mean through the draft or free agency. The 49ers do have a ton of draft picks this year. I'm look. I'm I. I've already tweeted about it, but I don't have my tweet in front of you, in front of me, excuse me. Um, the 49ers have a ton of draft picks this year. And so I, I would expect that the 49ers use some of their draft picks this year at receiver to kind of just put, get a little, give a little depth at that position because there's so many, um, there's so many players in that position that are headed for free agency. Um, you had, Kendrick, like I said, Kendrick Bourne. You had Trent Taylor. You had River Craycraft, who actually got snaps this year. Um, there's, and I know I'm forgetting about somebody. There's just not a lot there behind Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel. They need to figure that out. Okay, they need to figure that out, and that might be through the draft. I'm not sure what exactly is going to be available via free agency and how much the 49ers are willing to pay, but it, it is it, it is clear that the 49ers are going to need to address some spots there. And something Crocker and I will do in the future is, is we'll talk about that and we'll break down the player options that are going to be available and what they might cost. You know, But the 49ers have a decent amount of free agent needs that are going to be hard to address given where their roster is and how many of their own players they want to write, bring back. You know, What's the status of D Ford? You know, he, I know that he has a, a, a contract trigger coming up during the offseason. I want to say it's in April. The 49ers didn't even seem confident that he would be ready to play in 2021 or the offseason. So, I mean, do they do they part ways with him? It's uh, you would think so. You would think so. But it's hard to say. You never you never really know what a team's thinking. Um D Ford has a 20 million dollar cap number this season, which is very significant. Now, if they cut him before June, 
they would have over $14 million in dead money, and they'd only save a little around $6 million. But if they pushed those cap savings off until post-June 1st, then they would only have $4.7 million in dead money and over $15 million in savings. Now, the thing with, with designating a cut post-June 1st is you don't get access to any of that money until after June 1st, which is well after free agency, well after the draft. So it, it's tough to go after the free agent market with aggression while hanging so much money up on a player like that. But given D Ford's value versus the amount of he, amount he struggled with injuries, it's tough to see him coming back. So I, I do feel like edge rusher is a position, whether it's in free agency or the draft, that the 49ers are going to look at. You got Nick Bosa, who's coming back from a significant knee injury that reportedly was more than just a torn ACL. There was apparently some other damage in there. I know there was some details that came out about Solomon Thomas, who tore his ACL in the same game, that he also had uh, uh, quite a bit of knee damage. And I saw specifics about Solomon Thomas but I don't remember seeing specifics about Nick Bosa. No matter what, it was also reported that their recovery is going fine and they're on schedule, so don't fret about that. So whether it's in free agency or the draft, the 49ers are in need of a rotational um, pass rusher. Kerry Hyder was always somebody who I felt like the 49ers were going to, to want to bring back, but he played so well that I, I just don't I, – I think he priced himself out. Of the 49ers. I really do. I really do. I mean, he I mean, he had close to double digit sacks this year. And it doesn't really matter how those stats were achieved. I know that there's, you know, there's a lot of talk of you know, well, are those earned sacks or are those sacks that were pushed? That doesn't matter. You got a dude that clearly has an incredibly high motor that goes hard all the time, and that's why he comes up on those sacks. He had Eight and a half sacks this year. That's the that's big numbers. That's big money numbers. They're not like elite numbers, obviously, when you get into the teens. But those are big numbers. And Harry Kerry Hyder might have might have priced himself out from the 49ers. So that's why, like, kind of a rotational pass rusher, a defensive end opposite Nick Bosa, something they need. Cornerback. They're losing Richard Sherman. They're losing Jason Brett. They're losing Akella Witherspoon. They're losing Kwan Williams. That is devastating to a group of corners. Now maybe they keep one or two of them. Maybe they get. Maybe they keep Brett. Maybe they keep keep Witherspoon. That I know people would be less excited about. Then, you know, maybe they find a way to keep Kwan Williams. Although he's one of the highly higher regarded nickel corners in the league. They, I mean, they have a lot of work to do at corner. Draft, free agency, you know, they, they might hit, have to hit both to reinforce that spot this year. Interior O-line, what's going on with Weston Richburg? I know that he has, I believe he has a some type of injury guarantee within his contract. As far as the fact that he has to be healthy in order to uh, in order to be released, I believe he has to pass a physical type deal. I, I don't want to. I don't. Don't quote me on that. I'm not sure. But Weston Richburg's contract is similar to D Ford's in the fact that if they were to cut him before June 1st, they'd lose seven million and save 4,500. But if they waited until post June 1, push that money back to then, they'd save eight million and then lose 3.5. So, you know, do they address that position and say goodbye to to Richburg? 
It's tough to say because he's dealt with so many injuries since they signed him. Great player, but hasn't been able to stay on the field. Kind of the 49ers just keep dabbling with with these types of guys. Does Daniel Brunskill stay at right guard? I believe he's a, a restricted free agent, if I'm not wrong. Exclusive rights free agent somewhere in there. He should be sticking around for the 49ers. You know, what are they going to do at safety? Jaquiski Tart, another free agent, lightly out the likely out the door. Um, Tavarius Moore, a little bit thinner. Does he play that strong safety role? Do you bring Jimmy Ward down closer to the line of scrimmage more often? Is he capable of playing that role? I know that every time the 49ers put him near the line of scrimmage, the results were usually pretty good. Jimmy Ward, although pretty good in coverage, not necessarily the playmaker you'd want back there. But still, it seemed like he made more plays when he was closer to the line of scrimmage, despite a little bit of slider frame. But maybe that's overrated. Jimmy Ward's just a dog, and he, you know, I think I think he started to earn back some of the love from the fan base just by the way he plays. And every time I think of Jimmy Ward playing close to the line of scrimmage, I think of the stuff he was doing against Cooper Cup against the Rams. I think it was last year. I think it was 2019. But he was just playing well and dominating both in coverage and in run support. So what are the 49ers doing in safety? And that's just that's all stuff that Crocker and I are going to break down throughout the offseason. But there's just so many. I mean, I can't even imagine what the 49ers like offseason war room looks like with the free agents, with the you're still trying to research draft prospects. You're trying to re-sign your own free agents. You're trying to see who's out there that is slated to become available. Who might become available? Who can you trade for? Who can you just straight up sign? Who who are you going to be able to afford? Which of your own guys are you going to be able to pay? Which would leave how much money for free agents? The the amount of like I just instantly think of that always sunny in Philadelphia gif where the guys like got the all the pictures on the wall and he's got the red strings everywhere and he looks like he hasn't slept in in a week and he's trying to put all these things together. That to me seems like the position the 49ers are in when it comes to their own roster, free agency, the draft, salary cap, it's it's madness. And I, I suppose a challenge for Crocker and I this offseason is going to be trying to make sense of it all because there are so many different directions the 49ers could go. It, obviously, it makes it interesting. It makes it fun to talk about, but it makes it impossible to predict. It makes it impossible to predict. There's just so many things that can happen. It, it's wild. It's wild. And I think that's a good place to end the podcast. Almost like a, a solo primer for all of the things that are to come. That despite the fact that it's it's the offseason and nothing's officially going on, there's still so much to talk about and so much to think about and so much to project and contemplate. And you know, and that's in addition to the constant merry-go-round of of quarterback rumors and trade candidates and draft prospects, and it's just never ending. It's never ending. And I've always joked about that with Crocker. It's that the 49ers, no matter what time of year it is, always find a way to keep something interesting. Things are never chill, I guess. Things are never chill. So, hey, if you have listened to me talk for 41 minutes, I want you to know that I appreciate you. I know what my voice sounds like, folks. I'm doing the best I can with this Ray Romano Kermit the Frog hybrid. Okay, I'm doing everything I got. So if you listen to me for 41 minutes, shout out to you. Shout out to you and anybody else who's in your house that's when, or, or vehicle that's when in, within earshot. <laughs> shout out to them too. All right, I appreciate you guys. I appreciate you guys. I love recording this podcast. I love doing this with Crocker. Uh, it's just been a lot of fun. 
getting to talk football with you guys, whether it's through the mailbag or on Twitter, hearing your thoughts. You know, it's it's a lot of fun. So I appreciate everybody who's who stuck with us. There's so many of you guys that are just, whether it's in the mailbags or on Twitter, that are just constantly making little comments and mentioning things. And it's just so fun to kind of have that interaction and have this place to kind of just talk 49ers with you guys. And um, so anyways, I, I think that I think that does it for tonight. I think that does it for tonight. And uh, hopefully, um, whether it's tomorrow or, I mean, whenever, I don't care if it's Sunday morning, whenever I can get Crocker on here, um, we'll record. We'll talk 49ers. We'll, you know, whenever it is, hopefully we can get on here on Sunday, like kind of like our weekly routine. I, I, who knows, though, because he's probably going to be traveling again. So we'll see when we can get Crocker back on here. I promise you guys I will do my best to reel him in, get him back on striking gold so we can be whole again. But hey, you know what it is. For another episode, this is Striking Gold, and we are signing out. Peace! Shout out to you, Eric Crocker.